Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Mordred. Mordred is an American funk metal thrash metal band from the San Francisco Bay Area. This band had disbanded, and now has come back even stronger than ever with their album The Dark Parade. And here is my interview with Scott from the band. Scott, how you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm good, Robert. I can hear you. I can't see you. Is it is it recording uh, audio only? Yes, audio only. Oh, okay. It's audio only. <laughs> I want to I want to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm glad we could find a time when we could do it. I've just been super busy lately, and you too, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my pleasure. How you doing? Doing great. I want to congratulate you on new album. It's amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy we finally got to put that thing out. And uh, we've been working on it for a long time. So thanks. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> um, your journey has been a roller coaster ride. Can you give me a brief history? Uh, okay. When I was 16 years old. I was hanging out down at the bridge, and some friends of mine said, this band Mordred needs a singer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go try out. So I went down there, tried out. Everything worked out really well. We went to go see the Bad Brains that night. I was completely blown away and inspired by HR and Bad Brains and all that kind of thing. And kind of stuck with me. And funny, because sort of all throughout Mordred, you know, like that influence has, has been one of the major ones. Although you don't really hear it with the Rasta kind of sound. Um, but, you know, with our own sound, you know, they were able to seamlessly blend hardcore and and dub reggae and, and full-on reggae and stuff and have it really seamlessly work. So that was a big kind of influence in the early days. Boom. Uh, made a record in 88 after shopping around some labels for a while. Um, I think we did our first tour in 89 with Nuclear Assault. And that's what kind of where we were so green when we went on on that. And that's where we kind of learned, you know, our, our sort of road living techniques. <laughs> and uh, we finished our tour with those guys and we were about to do a Europe tour and, and their whole crew was all like, well, you know, do you have any crew going with you? And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> and they're like, uh, well, you need a sound man. You need a couple of roadies. And so we ended up bringing the whole nuclear assault crew or most of them over to Europe with us on our first tour over there too. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, Overkill. Yeah, that was the first um first group we toured with over in in uh, in europe and uh yeah i mean i guess early on we really got on well with all the east coast bands you know did a lot of uh, our early stuff with a lot of east coast bands uh then jump forward to i think like what 91 i think we recorded in this life which was second full-length lp and um whole lot of touring with that just really like back-to-back -back kind of tours we kept going to europe coming home doing a tour over here and we did a whole bunch of um yeah just many many dates for that one uh put out a couple of singles off that with some b-sides 
Um, and then from there, we did uh, Vision EP, six songs. And um, real proud of that one there. Um, and I think we just did um, a couple of tours, and that was my last one with the group. They went on to do another record with another singer and then uh, and then kind of called it off after a while after that uh, until we reformed again and i think it was 2000 and did some recording um danny wasn't on that but gannon was that's danny white is a guitar player throughout mm-hmm. all this this time and uh, and gannon was the drummer from uh, from the early recordings and um yeah, we recorded maybe five or six songs from that era. One of them was The Baroness, which we ended up releasing years later as a single. It's like 2014, we did a tour. That was kind of when we got back together and started kind of doing the little mini tours. I uh, went over to the UK. Um, some friends of ours over there uh, just really wanted us to come over and play. So they set up a whole tour for us. And that was so much fun that we did it again the next year, played Bloodstock, and then came home. Danny White, our guitar player, um, moved out here about maybe a year and a half ago or so. And ever since then, it's been a lot easier to work and do stuff having him around. And that brings us to right now. And we've been, uh, we played a show a couple of weeks ago, but we've been pretty dormant from the, from the, uh, the plague that's been upon us. <laughs> was that brief enough or did I go too far? <laughs> no, you was fine. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> you said uh, brief and I was like, mm, I don't know if I could fit into the quotations of the briefness there. <laughs> <laughs> the- yeah. Demonic number seven shows right off the rip that you guys haven't skipped a beat. How was the recording process this time around? Well, it was a little different because we didn't do it at Fantasy Studios, which was this this place that we recorded at um, for most of our stuff. We didn't do Fool's Game record there, but we did all the other stuff there. And I ended up working there for years, and I met my wife there and had a lot of good times but sadly they closed down a couple of years ago they're gone now so that was that was different um but it was good that we have a you know a couple of friends we've grown up we've we've got studios we've got ways to record and everything so it was uh it was a good friend of ours bill that um was like hey come down I'll give you a good deal. We'll track all this stuff for you. We'll get this whole thing started. So he did all the drum tracks and the bass tracks and got all the, uh, you know, basic stuff down. And uh, and then we took and we did all the overdubs, um, Danny and I, um, in our various different, um, you know, studios. Danny uh, is a... Uh, a teacher and uh, he teaches music and and uh, he's got a recording studio in his in his work there and they let us just record if we want to down there 
So we did some stuff down there. We did some stuff at my house. We did some stuff at Danny's house. We did some stuff at Paz's studio. Our DJ Paz, he's he's got a, a studio as well where he does a lot of kind of hip hop stuff. Okay. And uh, so yeah, we we did a bunch of stuff in a bunch of different places, and it was fun. And we didn't pay anybody. We did it ourselves. Um, and then we had our real good friend. Matt Winnegar, uh, do the mixing for us. And, um, he did all the first few Primus records and a bunch of stuff. Um, anyhow, he's real good. It sounds real good. I think I'm like, Oh yeah. Really impressed with the way he was able to, to get that bass sounding so tight because that's meant, I don't know if you know, but bass is one of the hardest things to nail down in a mix. So, um, I was just amazed at his, uh, ability to get that all sounding good and, and made the drum sound killer. And, you know, just with Bill doing the, the tracks and then, and then Matt doing the mix. And I was just really, really happy with, um, with what, what we got, you know, and it's funny thing about the recording. I recorded all my vocals and then somebody loaned me. A piece of gear <laughs> this really nice compressor and i was like i love this thing so much i went back and i recorded all my vocals again with the new compressor <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah because we're you know we're nerds i'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you you know some heavy metal dudes they're like all cool guys not us <laughs> well i think the sound is great from beginning to end um, oh, thanks. And um, if I was forcing the corner and to pick a track, I'd pick uh, Dragging for Bodies. Do you have a favorite, and why is it your favorite? Uh, actually, you know, that's that's my favorite one, too. Um, it, and it's it, I, I like them all for different reasons. But for me being the singer, I get to really sing on that song. You know, on, on a lot of the other ones, I'm, you know, barking and and it's not as melodic as that one where i get to really kind of do my my uh my best rob halford impression <laughs> <laughs> well it's definitely great that's for sure that that i mean um like i say i'd have to be forced in the corner but if i had to pick just one it'd be that one well that one is my favorite one and then i guess <sighs> demonic seven it's short, but it's a banger. I love that one. Yeah, it is. I love, I love singing. Actually, we were we were doing some stuff yesterday, and I sang it like four times. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like that one. I mean, Smash Goes the Bottle is so different than the other ones that that almost you know, I, and we haven't really played it as much as the other songs. You know, together we've played mm-hmm. it a bunch, but not that much. And uh, and I'm, we changed it around from what it was originally um, written as and recorded as. We got it, and we there was some parts of it we didn't we didn't dig. It wasn't working right, so we went back in and recut the guitars, changed some stuff around, and and changed the vocals around. And I didn't like the tune at all before, but once we went in there and we did these changes, we tweaked it, we did this and that. It's like I love that tune now. 
Yeah. And it's just uh, that that's my best uh, Phil Lenott <laughs> impression on that one. Is there any tracks that didn't make the cut on the album that you have uh, seen back? Well, we'd made an EP also. So right before this album came out, we did an EP, which were the other songs from the record. So I guess officially they didn't make the record, but it was only because the vinyl only allows for a certain amount of minutes. Um, and we did way more songs than we had minutes on the vinyl. So we just made an EP, made it into like a two-part thing. Yeah, I think it's like 25 on one side, ain't it? Or something like that, 25 minutes? Uh, you know, that sounds about right. I can't remember. It's like 22, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and you can do a little more. Um, like Metallica had a record where they did more than that, but it lowers the sound quality. And because, um, you know, because we collect our own shit and listen to it on high-end stereos and shit, we want that shit to be tight, you know? Right. So we're like, we're not going to sacrifice quality. It costs a little extra to press up, you know, two runs because you're doing, you know, obviously you're doing an EP and a a full-length record and everything. So it was a little bit more cost, but, um, but yeah, it was cool. I like how it turned out. So, yeah, if you're wondering what songs didn't make it to the record, just check out the EP available at mordred.company.site. That's right. <laughs> and uh, we, we get all that from that. That was like we put that out ourselves. So any anything like if you ever wanted to help out a group that's, uh, you know, maybe on the rise or something, whatever, you know, so many people have good jobs and, and can do that kind of thing you know buy that ep buy the record buy a t-shirt while you're at it (laughs) uh, that's about how the only way we kind of come up these days you know sure the million dollar record deals are gone they've been gone for a long time that is true that is true and not to say that we had a million dollar record deal (laughs) but it felt like a million dollars back in those days (laughs) sure Do you have any hobbies beyond music? Well, um, I like to tinker on my 56 Chevy pickup, but I I don't really have that much time to do it because seriously, I practice every single night of the week. I got a couple of bands going and uh, I've been learning swing guitar and doing this like Western swing band with Danny, also from Mordred. Danny White also plays in that. And uh, so we do a couple nights a week of that, and we're playing almost every weekend with that one. And then two nights a week with Mordred practicing. So that's like Tuesdays and Thursdays with Mordred, Mondays and Wednesdays, and sometimes Fridays with Emery Villains. And uh, so I don't really have much more time for the hobby other than, you know, the occasional tinkering around on the on the 56 Chevy. And uh Speaking of uh, your area, how's the music scene there? Oh, it's great here. Yeah, I love it. Everyone's real cool. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it's hard to pack out every single show at every single place. Um, People are generally supportive when bands are playing, especially live music. Um, 
I think more so nowadays after the, the, the COVID, I think in a way, not having live music for so long, people begin to appreciate it. You know, when you, when you have it all the time and you could go any night of the week and go see something, you tend to maybe like, oh, well, I'm kind of tired or, you know, uh, whatever, yeah. you know, got something else going on, going to this other thing, whatever. But now that it's been taken away and then just recently been given back, people seem to like really appreciate it more. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, we all just, it's nice, though, because, you know, being a musician, it's hard getting people in, you know, to see you when you play and stuff. You know, you got to you got to work it. Yeah, I think everyone was just itching to go see the bands that they enjoy and, uh, you know, just become alive again. You get cooped up and uh, you need to get out. That's right. You can only watch so much Netflix and TV and all that, right? Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, during the during the COVID, we started doing this, like, live show. And it was like a variety show kind of thing where we would do, um, you know, the band would play. We'd have a burlesque girl dancing. We'd have a comedian on there. And then we'd do all these different kind of little short films of different kind of stuff and they were like long ass shows like two hours long hour and a half long i think the first one was one hour <laughs> but it was you know we just were going for it <laughs> so we we just started up doing that again we're going to do like a, a second season i guess you'd say of that um you know we're not going to be able to get out on the road uh right now what's going on is uh all the bands that got canceled for this whole time have to reschedule and all the bands are rescheduling. And so there's no real new tours going out, at least on our level for us. Right. Uh, until, you know, next year sometime. Then I guess at that point, things are going to open back up for, um, you know, new bookings kind of thing. And I also wanted to ask you, you spoke briefly of your influences. Um, what, uh, stuff was you listening to growing up hmm uh, pretty varied kind of um taste i think um i guess you want me to start at the beginning and work my way up or you want me to work start somewhere and work backwards <laughs> or it, forwards <laughs> uh, start the game or work on up all right so in the beginning it was all about like elvis and the beatles and sly and family stone and um, stuff I was hearing around the house, um, Otis Redding, uh, you know, she's uh, so many, I can't even think of them. Who does spin and wheel that my dad used to play that all the time. What goes up must come down, spin and wheel. Uh, oh, free, free dog night. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one that's the one yeah so like you know that kind of stuff like 60s kind of stuff and then i guess um you know the 70s hit and i was into like you know i guess like cheap trick and um like uh black sabbath 
and uh, Led Zeppelin, I guess. ACDC, that was the main one. I forgot about that for a minute. But Bon Scott, we loved all that stuff. And uh, so that was kind of like really hard rock and blues kind of stuff. And right. right around that time, I got turned on. There was an older kid in the neighborhood who was a punk. And we were all kind of like, you know, we're little kids. And he's cool dude and he's just like hanging out in his garage all the time and he'd always be playing this music and he'd be trying to be cool and hang out with him and so he's like oh no you can hang out here it's cool and he plays like sex pistols and the damned and uh the clash and stuff like that mm -hmm. so we were like oh this stuff is great so having that you know early introduction into that kind of stuff was was really kind of a big deal and having the kind of do you remember when like for those about to rock came out oh absolutely that's the first that intro was the first thing i learned on piano right and uh and that that was like I, i'm not saying that was their last great record or whatever but that's when i that's when i left like hard rock and like van halen and rush and all that stuff and started really getting into like heavier stuff like um new wave of british heavy metal kind of stuff mm -hmm. that, that was uh you know uh, like let me like tank and uh tigers of pantang motorhead um oh, yeah. diamond head um all all those ones that like nobody really knew about around here well few people did but most people didn't and you felt like oh you're kind of in this kind of exclusive thing you know it's like i know about it and you don't this is cool and and whatever and that was that was pretty influential too so like early punk stuff and then new wave of british heavy metal and then back to punk again for a couple more years and then thrash metal was born and ruthie's in was the place to be and um man that time i was like you know 13 14 15 when that stuff was going on and um you know that totally changed my life again uh and that was you know at this club there would be exodus would play one night and then on another night it'd be like mdc fang and victims family or you know just it, it was a it was a mixture of um uh, you know, sort of punk rock and thrash metal, which was a, not like your at the time there was like Def Leppard and and this other kind of you know lighter, more radio yeah. accessible kind of rock with long hair thing, and it was it was something that was totally different from that, and it I, I really think that actually it was sort of like if you mixed up punk rock. And new wave of British heavy metal, you kind of get thrash metal. And, you know, you do it in the Bay Area. That's what you get. And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you guys give me a feel of, like, when I listen to you, the first first time I listened to you, the first thing that came to my mind was suicidal tendencies and infectious groups. Well, you know, it's funny because Suicidal Tendencies used to play all the time at Ruthie's with Exodus and with all these bands. Uh, they'd come up, Slayer would play up there too. Um, 
and uh yeah so definitely that was a that was that was going on for sure when i was younger um infectious groove honestly i haven't really listened to them too much but it's a couple of the suicidal guys right yeah right so um yeah i didn't what happened was at a certain point in years i moved on to listening to other stuff and it's like um when when like uh ice tea power came out and when like public enemy um mm-hmm. takes a nation of millions hold us back and fear of a black planet all that stuff was happening nwa all that um all that stuff kind of like pulled me into listening to what the the samples they were using and i started getting into like all this really um just great rare groove shit like dyke and the blazers and um you know of course the jb's that's the backup band from james brown band and um sly and the family stone was something that you know but the fresh album that really was like a big influence on all of the guys in mordred and always thin lizzie that's like you know been my favorite rock group since i was a little kid one of the first songs i learned on guitar <laughs> well i think uh you know thin lizzy universally has uh influenced so many artists i mean because they yeah. came out as a you know three-piece band originally playing in clubs and just emerged into this uh band that really took over in the 70s and just uh amazingly good songwriting just the songs tell stories and it's i i love songs like that that's i mean it's funny but i love the band the cure for the same reason and david bowie because they have uh you know really great stories to tell and actually that's why i like old cowboy songs too (laughs) old western songs because it tells a story and it makes you feel something and that's kind of what always was what turns me on about music is that it gives you a feeling or it allows you to relate your feelings to whatever it is the music and the and the singing and the words and everything and that's what that's how i pick what i think is just great music you know um for me is that you feel something that you absolutely know. it doesn't matter the genre good music is good music yeah because i could listen to portis head and that's got like a lot of feeling to it too you know what i'm saying but it's too see so i'm like all over the place when it comes to to you know the stuff i was listening to uh bauhaus joy division joy division was like one of my favorite bands when i was like mid teenage years <laughs> all that i also wanted to ask you uh best way to get merchandise well um i think mordred.company.site is the best way to get merchandise um now i don't i'm not the best i i don't generally handle this stuff that's actually danny white's department but I'm pretty sure that you can get all our stuff on that site, mordred.company.site, that is. Um, but again, I'm just the singer. 
<laughs> well, well, I, I write that, some too. <laughs> <laughs> that brings me up to another question. The album artwork is amazing. And um, I wanted to know uh, who did the artwork for that? Um, Claudio, I think his last name is Bergman, but um, that was set up through Danny, our guitar player. And uh, Claudio did some work for Judas Priest, and he did some other works. We saw some of his work, and um, we were really lucky that he had some time because, uh, man, um, what he did is just killer. Yes, uh, we went back is. and forth a couple of times um, just with some minor kind of fixes on some – or I wouldn't even call it fixes, just things we preferred – that you know he wouldn't have known unless we told him and then he was happy to fix a couple things and it was really just minor stuff and once he did the final thing oh my god we were just blown away and uh real proud that that's our cover of our new record yeah you should be because it is amazing absolutely that's why i asked one of the reasons i asked about merchandise because i want that on a tee <laughs> we're trying to work out if we can even get that onto a t-shirt there's got to be a way <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we're working on a a little bit scaled down version of that just uh right now with with the uh mordred character mm -hmm. you know, the, the jester fella in the front and just in front of the moon with the Mordred from the record cover. So it's, we couldn't get all the people and all the detail onto the t-shirt, um, at least at this point. Um, so I hope you're not too disappointed. <laughs> the shirt's still pretty killer. I saw the artwork. <laughs> if uh, if I remember, I'll, I'll send you a, a look at what we're thinking of doing. Absolutely. And, uh... Lastly, I wanted to ask you if you could give any message for your fans. What would that message be? Um, well, it sounds weird for for a heavy metal dude to say, but love each other. You know, be kind to each other and uh, support each other. And especially go support your homies that play in bands because that shit is hard. And your support means everything. Uh, and, of course, means everything to me, but I'm saying just in general to everybody as much as you can as much as you can allow yourself support and that's just just a body just you being there just you being there at that moment when someone needs you doesn't matter at their gig or just for them that's that's it as you know absolutely I, I think the i think the worst thing that came from the pandemic is so many People became a bunch of haters of everything. Yeah, that makes me sad. Um, I think the worst thing that came from this pandemic was Eric Wagner passing away. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a friend and we played with trouble a lot, but he spent some time doing some work with my brother-in-law and spent months at a time at his place. And uh, he was a really, really good dude. And I'm really still pretty fucking upset that he passed away and for everybody who doesn't know who eric wagner is and i'm sure that's very few people but he was the singer in the band trouble right and uh and the skull 
also, which was a great band. And he was who you'd probably say the father of what's known as doom metal. You know? Yeah. So um, that's a real big deal and a, and a real big loss for, you know, the world. But if you don't know about Eric Wagner and you don't know about trouble and, and the skull, go check that out. Absolutely. Go listen to it. It's uh it's that dude is very talented, was a very talented cat. And uh, really he loved the Beatles. You could tell. And uh, I loved the melodies he would pick and stuff to do. You know, he, he really, I, I just really liked his singing. I thought he was a really talented singer and uh, and a really, really fucking great guy. And they pioneered production in metal as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you listen to them albums and you listen to metal albums today, you can see where a lot of that came from. Yeah, really. And they were ahead of their time with production for sure. And I mean, it's it's funny. It's you say that there were a lot of bands that were sort of ahead of their time back in that time that, you know, they created something that went on to, you know, sort of grow into something else that, you know, it when you start something like that, that just must feel really good, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, I wanted to thank you, Scott, for taking time to speak with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it was my pleasure, but you beat me to it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Yeah, just let me know. And uh, I apologize to the audience for my long-winded answers. <laughs> hey. No but, worries uh, about that. But um, I'm just really happy that we were able to finally get a record out that sounds pretty good and um please if you get a moment people check it out mordred the dark parade available on cassette vinyl and cds as well as all your streaming and apple music type platforms ba-boom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you took some marketing in school because you did well. I I, had a, I took no marketing in school. <laughs> yeah. I, sold, I sold weed back in the day, though. I was pretty good at that. Well, there that you go. Markets itself, done it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> right on, dude. It was a it was an absolute pleasure hanging. And like I said, anytime if you want some more fodder, I got you. Or if you want to talk to the other boys, you let me know. All right, great. I thank you again, and uh, please feel free to update me at any time as well. Right on, brother. I'll send you out something. All right, take care. Thanks, bro. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Wait. I'd like to thank you for taking time for listening today. Please feel free to sponsor the podcast. And remember... Come see me for a fix.